Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and even heal under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very pleased today that we have as our guest, Alex Yole, who is an Enneagram practitioner and teacher. Welcome, Alex. Thanks so much, Tom, glad to be here. Glad to have you here. So I guess we should start by asking you to help us understand what Enneagram is, and then we can go, and how that helps people. Let's go from there. Sure, sure. So the Enneagram is a, um, it's essentially known as a personality typing system. Uh, there are nine core types um, that you can, that can kind of define uh, who you are, what your challenges are, kind of give you a roadmap for your healing journey. But it's also beyond that, um, just a, a map of your own psyche. So, you know, while everyone has a personality type that is one of these nine, everyone also has all nine of these part pieces of psychology within them, whether it's their dominant pattern or not. So um, people through studying the Enneagram or through working with someone who has studied it, get a lot of insight into their own nature and their own patterns so that they can kind of break out of the patterns that limit them and move towards patterns that are helpful and healing and uh, supportive of a uh, sort of spiritually balanced life. That sounds exciting. Now, the next question sounds like the same question, but what is it? I mean, we're, so we're not looking at an x-ray. How do you determine some of this? Is it questionnaires? Is it what? How do you get sure. there? Yeah, yeah, there are uh, plenty of tests online um, and uh, many of them very time tested to be quite accurate, um, but te testing is one way to go about it. Um, and they are generally just multiple choice uh, questionnaires. I have one on my website as well. Um, however, the tests are never, can't they just can't be 100% accurate. And um, usually um, it takes people some time to figure out what their type is. Some people know right away and they get, get it right, but until you kind of learn the system uh, and learn your way through what all nine types are and what all nine points of your psychology are, uh, only then can you really be sure that that is kind of the core motivator for your, uh, for your personality and your, sort of your, your core uh, mechanisms uh, and drives. So um, essentially it comes down to, um, do you want to, if you are approaching the Enneagram, uh, how far do you want to go with it, right? So you can take a test, um, probably get your type right, you know, somewhat quickly and get some really good key pointers that dig to the deep of, deepest part of who you are and help you overcome specific deep patterns. And you could do that fairly quickly, or you can sort of study yourself, um, uh, learn to understand the system itself and, and get more and more and more as you go. Um, because the more you understand about the system and how it reflects in yourself, the better you understand others as well. So, um, you know, it extends beyond sort of a couple of personal insights into a realm of navigating um, stressful situations in life as long as they involve other people. But, and somehow most of them do. Involve other people. <laughs> True. We are, we are, even though the pandemic has put us all into, into 
some kind of isolation we still have people in our lives and we can do this on zoom we can do it <laughs> right we always have people are always seem to be an element in it yes i want to get back to the, the something you were saying there about so we learn something about our type and that helps us and how does it help okay well, get me out if i want to use a type or an example how how does it help Sure. Um, I'll use my type as an example because I know what my type is and I'm here. <laughs> um, but I um, am a type five. Um, so uh, type five is considered a head type. There are head types, heart types, and body types um, or instinctive center types. So um, basically fives are um, people who get stuck in their own views, stuck in their own heads. Basically as a five gets more and more stressed, they withdraw more and more from others and from the world and um, more into kind of a world of their own design. So this can look like someone with very strong views that don't seem to have much to do with what's going on around them, for example, um, or uh, this could be someone who simply um, avoids, um, avoids a lot of interaction just because um, they don't want to be pulled out of kind of what's going on within. So a growth path for a type five is to sort of get out there, um, become more involved in the world, but also to become more involved with their bodies because um, there's nothing like being engaging your body to even out the engagement of your mind. And actually um, speaking of pandemic times, um, fives are one of the types that have seemed to have the hardest time. Um, without realizing it in the pandemic is, you know, we tend to think of ourselves as introverts. Um, you know, we tend to think of ourselves as people who can spend a lot of time on our hobbies and be perfectly content, but the excuse to withdraw kind of feeds into, uh, into your defense mechanisms, into our defense mechanisms, rather than um, into our growth path. So um, that's just a, an interesting aside uh, for anyone listening who, who might have identified with some of what I was saying about the five. Well, if you were a, f a five, which you are at this point, and the pandemic comes, what kind of remedy would you take when I say take? I mean, what would you do to negate the, the problems that the pandemic is offering? Sure. So um, one gigantic thing for me has been spending time outdoors. Um, I could easily not leave my apartment for a week straight if I wanted to get my food delivered, cook my cook for myself, um, you know, do completely self-involved things. But I go outside, I spend time in Prospect Park, which I live in Brooklyn, so it's right there. Um, I started doing Tai Chi. Um, so really engaging the outdoors, engaging the openness of the world and engaging my body. Um, and then beyond that, um, doing as much talking to people as I can, right? right. Um, and my work as a coach definitely feeds into that. Um, and it was kind of a perfectly timed thing because I started this business about a year before the pandemic. And it was really starting to become, you know, have a, have its own pace by the start of the pandemic. So that was a saving grace for me in all of this. Um, and, you know, uh, just spending time with my wife and, and not, not blocking out the world, but engaging in it, you know, has, has really been helpful. Uh, well, that just brings me to a question about you say with your wife, therefore you were married. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good guess. <laughs> really? I'm smart. I really am. And uh, how, does somebody with your personality type 
marry? You look for someone who's the same or different or not conscious necessarily, but. Studying relationships with the Enneagram is a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, And and that's one of the big reasons people turn to it. Um, So I will say that um, I, I met my wife as I was getting into the Enneagram when we sort of started, studied it together. Um, so I, I can explain it how we pair well, uh, where I'm a five and she's an eight. So she's more outward, more sort of more engaged in the world. And the eight growth path is about um, deeper reflection and taking things into consideration that might not be directly applicable here and now. And that's what the five does naturally all the time. Uh, and the five as a, in a growth path needs more engagement and needs more of that eight energy. So we sort of feed into each other's growth path in, in a nice and synergistic way. That's good. And that also sounds familiar to me. I mean, <laughs> without having titles on it, I've heard this said often, you know, that, you know, opposites attract kind of thing. Also, mm-hmm. the fact is, I can say that with my marriage, some of the aspects of my wife, really helped me because I don't have that. And she has, and some of the things that I have, she doesn't seem to have. And that is a, a way of, as we, as we kid around, we say, you know, between the two of us, we make one person. <laughs> yes, yes, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and it, it, it certainly um, works that way. Um, and in terms of the Enneagram, it's an interesting thing where um, types are related. There, there are certain related types. Eight and five are quite closely related, even though they're opposite in many ways. So um, every type connects to two other types with a line. Five goes to eight, eight goes to two, two goes to four, four goes to one, one to seven, seven back to five and five to eight. You know, So there's a track of the types there. And then the three missing types, there are three, six, and nine, which connect in a similar way. So essentially, um, and my relationship where we're just one type apart, five to eight. Um, and so there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, similarities in, in that way. That's, that's interesting. Now, as a practitioner, you help somebody and they come and say, I'm having a, whatever a difficulties and I want to try and use this system. What is your job? You guide them, you, you look at the questions, the answers they give you and tell tell them to some degree what this means? Is that what your job is? Generally speaking, yes. So um, if you think of just coaching in general, right, the job of a coach is to listen and advise and help the, uh, the person you're working with go get where they want to go or help them figure out where they want to go and get where they want to go. When you bring the Enneagram into it, um, it gives you a language, a vocabulary for, for self-reflection. Uh, and for self-understanding and for understanding of others. So if someone is facing a certain issue, I can pretty easily frame it in terms of which point of the Enneagram, which of the nine points of their thinking and psychology it relates to, uh, what, what parts of themselves are getting stuck and how to unstick those parts. Um, because for example, again, I, I'm a five, uh, but I, as a five, also have a, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, three, four part of myself. So I can get stuck in a two-ish place. I can get stuck in a nine-ish place. Where, wherever these points are, um, there are lessons in the system and there's guidance in the system for any of those circumstances. So I get to know a person's type um, by getting to know them, but I also can uh, 
pull in the wisdom that this system brings in order to guide them through whatever comes up. And where do these lessons come from? The wisdom of the system. I mean, there's a system, clearly someone created it, but where, is that whose information you're using? So it is a, uh, I like to think of it as an open source system. No one legally owns it. And that is because it is derived from ancient wisdom. Um, the, the symbol, there's a symbol that maps out the points and that symbol uh, came, uh, no one knows exactly where it came from, but it uh, is thought to come, have come from Sufi traditions. Um, and so, you know, it was discovered by a uh, Russian, uh, a, he, well, he was Russian born, but he's Greek and Armenian, uh, you know, by, in his background, uh, a man named George Gurdjieff. Uh, basically discovered this piece of ancient wisdom um, and resurrected it and incorporated it into his own self-development work, which he taught in Russia in the early 1900s. And so um, from there, it transmitted to uh, modern day psychologists and they translated that wisdom that he used for transformation in a broader way into a personality typing system. And then um, essentially it was determined uh, that uh, by U.S. courts that no one owns it and that anyone can um, sort of give their spin on it. And so there are many teachers with many perspectives uh, around the same or nine-pointed organization of our consciousness. Um, so that's a long answer, <laughs> but the short answer is you get it from books, you get it from teachers, you get it from coaches. Um, there are some classic books uh, that are, are kind of like your, your go-to starter books and uh, that explain the basic perspectives and uh, then the learning can go on from there. Okay, so there's not one Bible, so to speak, but there are information pieces about it. Exactly. That's interesting, very interesting. So, something you said, you were talking about types and you go, go, go outside and that was helpful to you. If you automatically go outside, like myself, I found in this pandemic, it was necessary. I, I have a routine which includes going out to the office. Now, to me, going out to the office is I open the door, go out the front door and sit on the <laughs> in our patio that, that faces the street. But that is not only a change of pattern, you know, going somewhere else, it's outside. And I have found often in my life that walking outside is a big help. Mm -hmm just walking, being out in the sky, to see the sky and so forth. I've always lived in cities, so I can't say it's the nature, <laughs> something about the light or about being out. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and so um, if you look at it from an Enneagram perspective, when you're, when you're thinking in Enneagram, you're thinking of your consciousness's perspective. So from your consciousness's perspective, um, being getting outside and getting that engagement and getting seeing the openness and experiencing the openness of nature will help help you not get stuck in that five-ish place. Someone who is a five will have defense mechanisms which shut down the natural drive to go and do that. Ah, interesting. So you won't your our alarm bells don't go off in the same way because we learned at some point you know, in childhood when something un unpleasant was happening. Oh, if I just, you know, focus on what's inside, um, then the stuff on the outside doesn't matter as much, right? So that doesn't bother me as much, yeah. yeah. So when you're working with somebody and they get stuck, you have tools to, to say, here's something you can do, or here are various some things you can do. And depending upon all the 
the parts of who they are, they'll respond to one or other or several of them. Yes, exactly. And it, it is, I, I have to say, I did coaching without the Enneagram and now coach exclusively with the Enneagram for this reason. Um, because when you're working with someone as a coach, all you have is what you get out of that interaction with them. You don't know them personally. You don't know anyone in their life. All you have is their perspective. All you can work with is their perspective. So this gives you, as a coach, a map of you can see everything from their perspective, um, you know, and you can you can feel through that and, and study through that and really get a much better sense of what's going on in the big picture, because the outside always reflects the inside. Right. So in a sense, which is wonderful, it gives you a confidence of how to deal with, with the people who come for help. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's very lovely. That's lovely. And how long did it take you to get to this place? You say a year that you've been doing this as a business, but have, how much studying did you have to do to get here? So it's been uh, two years and, and some months as doing it as a business, um, but a year more seriously since the pandemic started, really. Um, and I have been studying the Enneagram itself since 2013. Um, and I've been doing personality typing and studying personality typing since I was 12 years old. My father had a friend who was a Myers-Briggs consultant who would, uh, you know, come and talk through uh, the Myers-Briggs with us um, over dinner uh, somewhat frequently. So <laughs> <laughs> so at 12, you're, you're, you're trying this out on people. Uh, exactly, exactly. Now, now does this, um, either the Myers-Briggs or what you're talking about, the Enneagram, does this have any relationship to those things that companies used to give, or maybe they still do, about what's the best job for you? What, where do you fit? It's a similar line of thinking, yeah. But um, the Myers-Briggs is used more for that purpose um, these days. The Enneagram doesn't really try to place you. Uh, the Enneagram tries to help you understand yourself. So um, as a five, I might have certain strengths. As a, you know, whatever type you are, you have certain strengths and tendencies. Um, but those qualities that we're talking about with the Enneagram don't necessarily translate into skills. Um, whereas the, in the Myers-Briggs, there's more of a convention of saying you're this type, therefore you're good at this kind of work. Right. And now a piece that I get from what you're saying, particularly from where this has seems to have come from, is that there's more than the emotional, there's a physical and emotional, but my sense is there's also a spiritual part to this. Yes. And yes. How, how does that show itself and how do people, how do you deal with that with people? Sure. So the um, entire Enneagram theory is based on the law of one, the law of three, and the law of seven in that relationship. So essentially, um, the law of one means that um, the underlying understanding of the system is that everything and everyone is part of the same whole. Uh, which is the baseline for many, if not most, spiritual perspectives. Right. Um, so that that spiritual element, it's, it's really by working through this stuff on the ground floor that we're working through. How, how do we do that in a way that gets us closer to that spiritual level, closer to that spiritual understanding and closer to, to acknowledging that really there's nothing that isn't spiritual. Um, so it's uh, almost an exercise in... Um, categorizing and defining the different qualities of what one might call the divine in ourselves. 
And I, I followed you with the one. Now you said there are two other number sets there. What are <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the law of three is a uh, sort of philosophical um, thing, which says uh, there's uh, sort of something put forward, um, something that contradicts that. So opposites. And then a third thing um, that kind of work together with the, these two opposites that create a, something completely new. So it's a, it's a sort of, a, you know, highly philosophical way of thinking about things. But uh, essentially, you could think of the law of three as um, two things come together, which create something new. Um, and Sounds that's, like birth. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, when you start getting into that type of spiritual, you know, numerology kind of thing, um, there, there's all kinds of patterns that you see just echo over and over and over throughout our experience. Um, so that law of three is, is really part of this Enneagram work. Um, and those types three, six, and nine, which connect, um, that's where the law of three comes in. Uh, it's a, it's a triad, it's a triangle and the symbol. And then the law of seven is, um, somewhat similar in that it's, but it's a little more busy. Um, so just to explain it quickly and notionally, but ba basically there are six other types outside of those types reflected in the law of three. So all the other types, uh, you move through them in a more complex, complex, complicated pattern. Um, and you come back to the initial one, um, making a full cycle. And, and so that's kind of an aspect of, of thinking and of your psychology that is busier, more engaged in the day-to-day, -day, uh, more engaged in what's happening in the physical here and now. However, when you make your way around the root of the way that works in the Enneagram, you've made a complete cir circuit and you've seen kind of the whole, uh, the whole law of one aspect. Right, right, okay. I, it sounds dense to me, but it's not like it's interesting also. It can be dense, but it, can, it doesn't have to be dense. You, you, you know, you don't have to dig into those deep philosophies to get something out of it. Yeah, I'm not, I can understand that what you're talking about and when you bring to people's attention their, you know, their personalities or their types, I don't even want to call it personalities, part of who they are, and they can maybe see how they go in when they need to go out type of thing. That can be very useful without understanding, you know, any of these others. Exactly. Uh, that so that that I can I can see very definitely, and um, and when you who do you work with right now? I mean, is it more? I, I don't think there should be any reason why it should be more for men or women, or children or adults. And where where do you find it? Yeah, it's 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 mostly adults. I I would say I think my youngest client um, to date has been late twenties. Um, but um, you know that I've worked with consistently. But a lot of people are interested. In the enneagram itself but most most of the people i do ongoing work with are uh you know men or women uh in, in adulthood um ranging in ages from 30 to 85 is my <laughs> my oldest client so so it's uh it's, it's a this fascinates me what would someone in their 80s be looking for uh good advice a little uh, uh you know some uh some some good life advice my 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 uh, 85 year old client is one of my longest standing clients and we started working together shortly after she lost her husband so it was a uh, sort of uh, grief tolerance with that for a while right yeah because it's fascinating and and how long do you 
usually think of working with someone. How long does it not take? I don't mean it like it's going to be a fix or something, but how long do people usually work on this? Yeah, um, so it depends, um, certainly, but um, I would say the minority of clients work with me, you know, sort of in a very short time. So some people sort of come to me just to learn the basics. Um, some people come to me for just one or two sessions because they're, they've read a book, right? And they were studying on their own and they want a little clarification or grounding. Um, and then some people work with me long-term um, as a coaching engagement. So, you know, basically some could be ongoing, could be a couple of months, could be, you know, a year. Yes. Now, if someone comes and one of their reasons is coming is it's, it's coaching on the business level, that is their jobs, or are they in the right job or they have the right mix of, of whatever? How does that go? How does it work? Can you help? I imagine you can help with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's it comes down to um, where I help is um, a lot about understanding where they are and what what parts of their you know usually if someone comes with a career question or career questions they're stressed in their career and right. so uh you know using the enneagram work it's pretty easy to identify if that's coming from something they're doing or if that's coming from something in their environment from from you know a boss or a coworker or uh, an entire culture of a company that they're at so um helping them to understand and diagnose where is the stress coming from um, helps to understand, is it from the nature of your work? Is it from, you know, the company? Is it from a specific person? And then that can help them decide what to do next. I found a lot of times people think the issue is, is the field that they're in when it's really a boss. Um, so that, that, that becomes a, a sort of helpful diagnostic um, progression. Yes. Well, I've heard, and I think it makes sense, that this pandemic has given people a lot of time to think. And one of the things they've thought about is whether they're in the right career or what they should be doing. Are you finding that also? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a big question on a lot of people's minds. And, and uh, just simply from the routine being shaken up and seeing you know, there is something else out there, right, that just leads to, to new thinking and new reflection. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs and had to rethink. A lot of people uh, didn't lose their jobs, but were working from home and are facing a return to office and are saying, well, do I really want to do that? Right. And right. no one really knows. No one knows what we, we don't want. We don't know what we want to do with the, the day our companies say, go back to work. Right. That's the day we know <laughs> if we're going back or not. Indeed. But also, I would imagine it certainly has for me this um, pandemic has brought up the clarity that we are one world, one person, we're all one world. This pandemic, the, the disease affects everyone, doesn't matter who you are, age, sex, color, anything. And that I think brings up the issues of what are we all doing here? And what does that mean? What am I doing in the midst of this kind of, I would think that you would be hearing some of that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's It's been a, uh a uh, challenging and but unifying experience, certainly. Um, and, and I think it really, you know, we have a real culture of, of um, 
of oneness and of not leaving people behind. And, and so it really kind of showed us the truth in that perspective. Right. Well, Alex, we, this is going beautifully because I'm, I'm, I've lost track of time and I realize we're almost out of time. I'm fascinated by this. But if someone who's listening to us now would like to learn some more uh, from you, how, how can they contact you? What's sure. They can uh, go to my website site, which is spiritbloomcoaching.com. Okay, spell that out for me. S-P-I-R-I-T, so spirit, bloom, like a fat flower, B-L-O-O-M, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. Dot com. Great, because we'll put that into the written material as well as now they've heard it. And Great. I guess as a sort of closing here, what do you hope or what is your vision for when this is passed? I don't know if it ever will actually be totally passed. We all the viruses live with us all the time, but when the crisis seems to be passed, what is your vision? What would you imagine the world to be or would like the world to be? Well, that is always a complicated question for me because one of my deepest held beliefs is everyone has the right and desire to answer that for themselves. So my, my desire, my vision is for everyone to find what they want and to have it. That's a very lovely vision. Very lovely. Well, Alex, I thank you so much for being a part of our show. I think Thanks so much for having me. What you're doing is fascinating and it can be very helpful. So thanks a lot and have a great rest of the day. You too. Thanks so much.